0: I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete.
1: In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new to industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams. And we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location. And oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions. Anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening.
0: All right. Welcome to podcast number one. Pretty excited about this. Justin and I have been planning this for a bit and we're going to jump in pretty quickly. A couple of things today. We're going to talk on a couple of topics. The first being uh, what to deal with a producer who's a problem. And the second about kind of a difficult renewal and how to attack that situation there. So kind of want to jump right in, Just, uh, Do you want to have me just go ahead and I'll read the first question and you start giving me your thoughts. Sure thing. Perfect. Okay. So the first question comes in and says, I have a small commercial lines agency with four producers and five account managers. My top producer is also my biggest problem within the agency. While he brings in a lot of quality business, his demanding behavior and lack of attention to detail has been a nightmare for our account managers. Over the past two years, I've had to replace three account managers who all pointed to him as a reason for their departure he isn 't doing anything crude, he doesn 't yell, but he 's unrelenting in his efforts to get his own way in his own time frame, and it 's killing office morale. How do I motivate him to change before the next account manager quits i don 't want to lose him as my top producer, but i can 't afford to keep replacing staff
1: yeah, well, he 's killing a lot more than just office morale. One of the first things I look at is what type of agency do you want to be overall? in my past life at a previous agency, we had a high-performing producer who did well, wrote 150,000 new business commission every year, performed year after year, but again was the cause of turnover within the agency. And as an agency, you have to look and say, do we have second-class citizens? Do we have a standard for how we're going to treat the account managers versus how the producers are and if the account managers treated a client the way a producer treated an account manager would that person still be an employee of our company so i also look at it from a couple other lenses so let me zoom out even further one the first lens i look at is if you're looking purely from a math formula how much of a impact is he making? You clearly said he writes a lot of new business, and so he's revenue positive there. But each time you have turnover, you're going to have a ten to twenty thousand dollars cost associated with addressing that turnover in recruitment fees, training fees, and uh, overall lack of productivity. On top of that, you're going to have a situation where there is a significant load, Put on the other account managers to cover for the person who has just left and so it's not a simple as I go and find someone tomorrow you're going to go and have to have a a hunt for that person it may take two months three months during which time the eighty hundred accounts that the account manager was handling for this producer gets split up amongst the others several things are going to happen one it's going to negatively impact the servicing on these other accounts In addition to that, you're going to upset your other producers who've done nothing wrong, who have been performing, albeit not to the high level as the other producer, but that will ultimately create resentment within the organization. So I see a couple problems there as well. The other big one that sticks out to me is that you probably haven't had the discussion with the producer. Sometimes producers that are high performing and demanding are successful for a reason, they don't take no for an answer. And you clearly have to establish the rules of the game for that producer within the structure of your agency. And so my first encouragement to you would be to have a discussion with the producer about how their actions are impacting the agency. If you've already had that discussion and change has not happened, then you have to evaluate it uh, as to, again, what type of agency you wanna be and ultimately where You want to be as an agency owner in the eyes of your employees and in relation to the agency world as a whole. The other component that I'd also say that needs to be addressed is the fact that the account managers do, to a certain extent, need to communicate when the producer is not fulfilling his obligations or her obligations. I've often seen it where account managers will go to management and say, The producer's demanding I do this. The producer's demanding I do that. And every time the account manager goes to management that way, they aren't building that muscle to have those difficult conversations. It is perfectly acceptable for someone within the organization to say, that's an inappropriate request, an inappropriate time frame, and we really want to encourage them to strengthen those muscles. So overall, it comes down to one major component for me is, are you better than that producer at what they do? If you are, you can put the fear of God in them. You can have that conversation that if you don't like it here and you don't want to play within our our rules and you decide to go elsewhere and you try and pull your book, you're going to go toe-to-toe with me and you're going to lose all day long. So get with the program. Now, if you're not You're going to have to be very effective at your communication strategy with this individual and working to show them how a change in behavior will lead to a bigger win for everyone in the organization and help foster their growth and their objectives long term in the organization. Jordan, you have anything to add to that?
0: Maybe I'm wrong, but my assumption is you have had a conversation by this point. If you hadn't had the conversation then that's your problem. If no one's had a conversation with this guy, look, here's the reality is that I've done a lot of stupid things and I've been an inadvertent jerk without realizing it, right? And it wasn't until someone called me out that I was like, holy crap. So it's important that you had the conversation. I'm assuming you've done that because it sounds like you care enough. If you haven't, have the conversation. I guess we'll talk about this a little bit in the second question. But difficult conversations suck to have, but so much... Beauty comes out of them. I've watched time and time again how just seemingly impossible situations turn turn around when you have the hard conversation. So that's my first point. Uh, really, the second point is I honestly don't know that it's as cut and dry as you kind of make it seem. The reality is, if someone's bringing in, and, and I don't know where you are and what part of the country we're in, California, so numbers tend to be bigger. But if, if someone's bringing in, you know, a couple hundred grand in new revenue a year and you keep going, okay, well, this is the the predominant driver for my agency growth, even though my other producers might be successful. It is hard to have have that position replaced. It's very, very difficult to find a good producer, as it is a great account manager too. But when you find one who can actually... I mean, their principal job producing is bringing in new business. It's not necessarily making people happy in the office. So... Assuming you get to a place and it's just people that don't see eye to eye and you want to keep this person, I'd almost look for alternative solutions. right? If this person is someone who's pretty successful, maybe you... Again, they're a producer, so I assume they're out of the office quite a bit. But uh, many producers are spending more time in the office and on phone and email instead of in person now. But maybe shift them to another office environment, work from home, some kind of environment where it can be a win-win. And there's not as much pressure on the demands and the you know, here, here's one of the things, specifically with men, right? Because this producer, yeah, he was a guy. There is this power play dynamic that is inadvertent, and I've done it myself so many times, where it is just a man up against a woman. The, the woman feels like she is kind of being um, leaned on or taken advantage of. And That's something that we need to do better as men. But sometimes just space is good for that. So if something came across as demanding when it was that, you know, he was not in the actual physical space as she was um, or the account managers, it might help the solution uh, situation a bit. But I I think just being flexible to how do we make this amenable for everyone in the situation, for everyone in uh, the office, and, and really just be honest. I mean, so much good comes from being honest, so I would encourage you there. Also know that this problem that you have is probably always going to keep coming back down the road. So we've all struggled with it. It's it's a reality in our business, but address it head on, and I think you'll do fine.
1: And I hate to actually bring this to the Enneagram, but... You have another little curveball, and I'm going to defer to you in a second, Jordan, but I want to say my piece. Okay. The other curveball in this is each account manager may be a different personality type and and probably is, even though they're all probably service-minded. And so the problems that one account manager might have with him could be different from the other. You may need to take a look at identifying the personality types within your own organization and then working as a team to figure out how you're all best going to be communicated how that individual account manager likes being communicated with because you could instruct that producer on hey i need you to communicate this way softer with a more gentle touch but in reality that account manager was so frustrated because it was he was not analytic driven he was not data driven And she wanted everything organized in a timely fashion. And that was the reason for the madness. And the previous account manager before that that left him was somebody who wanted the different temperament. So I think
0: that's worth exploring as well. Jordan, thoughts? Well, I'm always for exploring the Enneagram. I mean, there's a lot of different personality tests out there. This is more where you come from and your motivation. But the idea that We all approach situations differently based on our instincts and our upbringing and all of that. That all needs to be brought in. And for any of you listening who are Enneagram people, I'm an eight, Justin's a six, and that has caused quite a bit of fun uh, in our our business relationship, but... He calls it fun. It it is fun. I like to challenge. So I I think we're good on that question. I think we pretty much killed that one. So why don't we move into a little segment... So for most of you guys, you'll, you'll start to pick up this over time that Justin and I are very, very different individuals. Uh, I, I enjoy the finer things in life, and Justin likes bland and beige. And Which is awesome. It, I guess vanilla is a flavor, right? So what we're going to do in the middle of every episode is we're going to come through, and Justin, every time we go out, the golf course, the bar, whatever, without fail... He drinks his Michelob Ultra. Great drink. So I've prepared it for him today. I like to change it up. And uh, even though we're in sunny Southern California, it's actually feeling like a fall day today. So I was going to come out and get him to try to drink a, a different beer. But I thought, a little bit cooler, let's bring out some whiskey. So I'm bringing out my absolute favorite scotch, Lagavulin 16. And I don't think he'll like it. But the premise of this is eventually I will get him to drink the drink that I hand him instead of that ultra. So let's see how this works. <sighs> All right. Is it normally served warm? Yeah. Well you can, you can have it on the on the rocks, but I prefer scotch neat like real man. So log of and Justin. Super Petey from the Isla region. Delicious. I don't even know what Petey means. <laughs> okay. We can go into that later, but for your perspective, Pete would be like smokiness. It's, it's complicated, but you can look on YouTube. They, they take the soil, they dry it out, they light it on fire, run the smoke up through the whiskey, adds just remarkable flavor. So anything from the Isla region in Scotland is typically a lot peatier, uh, and that's where all the best scotch comes from, in my opinion. So I poured you a <laughs> stiff you, one. It looks like yeah. now in a trade, but let's see if you prefer that over your Ultra.
1: Before we get there, the carbs, I have 2.6 carbs here. What would be the equivalent
0: here? It's alcohol. You don't worry about that. You enjoy it. Well, it some of matter. us are on
1: a ketogenic diet right now. Oh,
0: man. I, goodness. No. <laughs> <You> <laughs> so like many thoughts, one. so many words. <laughs> All
1: right, here we go. All right. Warm, brown-looking drink. <laughs> he
0: it can't, smells, he can't even drink it right now. It smells like rubbing he, he alcohol. He pulled it his mouth and he couldn't even put it in there sip <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's good for you huh
0: oh come on what are your thoughts what what, what comes to mind
1: i i feel like acetone or <laughs> <laughs> nail polish remover mm. <laughs> God, it's so good the beer's gone bad <laughs> the beer has gone bad
0: <laughs> are you sure you want an ultra oh i'm sure so you're gonna pass I'm definitely going
1: to pass, but let's just, so just for the economics, what does something like that cost versus my Ultra?
0: <laughs> well, your, your your Ultra, they should pay you to drink that. But uh, I think your Ultra is probably like 79 cents a bottle or something like that when you buy it in a 16 pack. Okay. Lagavulin, if you find it at Costco during the holidays, they go down to like 50, 60 bucks a bottle, I think. Total wine, I think it's in the 60s. BevMo is like 75 or 80. Serving size for serving size. I don't know, man. Um, I
1: <sighs> taste better, more economical. Michael, I mean, Ultra. five to
0: five to probably five dollars a drink out of this thing. Winner, winner. Oh, you're Walter. crazy. Okay, well, we'll try some different drinks in the future and see how you do with it. But for right now, you're still a loser. Moving on. Question number two. What do you got for us? I like to think I'm the winner because I save money in my pocket and I
1: actually enjoyed what I drink. So um, I'll go on to the next question. This one is coming from an account manager. I have been in my role as an account manager at our agency for the past five years. Our owner recently shifted around some of the accounts and one of the ones I received is renewing shortly and facing a substantial rate increase. It doesn't appear that the previous account manager prepared our insured for this increase, nor does it look like they searched for many competing options. My question is, how do I deliver bad news to this insured without having him take it out on me? I'm also concerned that we didn't do more for the insured, and I'm going to be
0: the one taking the blame for it. Jordan, thoughts? So two basic questions. One is, this sucks and I'm the dog that's going to get kicked. The second is... That wasn't a question. With a question mark. (laughs) How do I not be the dog that gets kicked? The second is a bigger question to, hey, is my agency actually doing right by my client? Which is, they're both actually good questions. Um, There is a couple of thoughts that I have, and it depends what kind of marketplace you're in and what type of client this is. But we all have that that issue, right? When the market starts to harden, you know, we're in California right now, and the auto market is just gone nuts, right? So everyone is 20, 30, 40, 50% increases. It's, you're bringing this news to your insureds. You really need to decide, okay, am I going to bring it to them ahead of time as an agency or a producer, or am I just going to show up with it and see how they react? And there's two schools of thought, and I don't know that, that there's one that has a better end result. Um, there's one that seems like it's the right thing to do, though. So when you just show up and you just tell your insured about it at, at the end, you're kind of protecting yourself because if you tell them two months out, three months out is what's going to happen. More than likely, unless you've got just an incredible relationship, they're going to start looking elsewhere. Right? They start looking elsewhere, getting some quotes, you might have some problems. They might ask for market, you might get beat, etc. The second part is you don't tell them and you show up and... Now they're pissed at you because they could have said, "Hey, I was bidding jobs for we we insure contractors, so I was bidding a job. It would have been really nice to know that that my auto rates were going up by thirty percent, so I could include that in my bid. If you would have told me, then I wouldn't be losing money on these jobs. So there's there's a couple of different components to that, but your agency, I don't know how you guys do it. So you, that's really a management question. But the part about bringing the the bad news to the insured. It sounds like that's kind of where you're at. Uh, It sounds like the producer's not going uh, out to do that, uh, which is another option, actually. You can have the producer deliver that news, and that might be what you need to do unless it's a house account, uh, especially if you're new to it, frankly. I think any of us would be kind of frustrated if someone called us that we didn't really know and said, hey, I've got bad news for you. And I could have said, hey, why didn't Tom or Janie, who I do know, deliver that news? So I guess that is an option. I know I'm rambling a little bit on this, but I I just think that going forward, you need to set a practice of, hey, we're going to inform our clients, and you might only be able to do that on your side, but that might not be a decision that is even something you're able to do, which goes back to, are we doing right by our, our insured? Your second question of, I'm also concerned we didn't do more for the insured. Did we hit all the markets we could have? It's a real it's a real good question and it's an honest one and hopefully you guys are having, you know, weekly meetings and talking about these things. You might just have to take it on the chin on this one and if it gets hostile, then you bring someone else in. But the other thing is, I'd always start with if it's going if it ends up being that bad, you start with, "Hey, I'm really sorry, but this is what the market is." Lay out what the explanation is for why it's happening, why the increase, whether it's losses or etc. And um, just be kind. We all get bad news from time to time, and it's better when it's delivered you know, with kindness.
1: All right, well, I'm gonna take a different spin on it. I, I tend to be an ops guy, that's my background. And uh, so the first thing, my first question is, was there a discussion your team had in the account transition? It doesn't sound like it. The account manager who had the account previously, have you had a discussion with her? or him on why they didn't go out to market, where the insured was at as far as being informed of a potential rate increase. It doesn't look like it was, but those conversations are critical. One of the things that we've done in our agency that's been really helpful that eliminates... Any of those last minutes, I think we could have done more discussions. Is we have all of our producers fill out a marketing plan at every renewal. So before you, as the account manager, are required to go and send this submission out to market, you're going to see a list of all markets, and the broker or producer is going to indicate exactly where they want that thing sent. So the buck will stop with them. Now, that's just, in general, my advice to you on a go-forward basis. It's really simple to do. takes a little extra time. I'm not always the best at completing my marketing plans for my people, and they have to come track me down sometimes, but it's, it's a critical part of the process. Now, the other thing, I feel like we could have done more. Well, depending on how much time is left, you still have time. The submission is already done, and even if it's an online rating submission, you can still try and get it out to market and get a favor from a carrier, give them the numbers up ahead of time, and at least make an attempt on the insured's behalf. I think you have that obligation to try. As far as the responsibility to communicate with the insured, I tend to advocate for the fact that I would want to know as a business owner with as much advanced notice as possible, regardless of the impact on my broker, if that would cause me to shop. So that's the lens I look through it as. Now, I'm not a struggling producer just starting out or in a very impacted agency where we are having to scrape together nickels and dimes to survive the next week. I think people looking through that lens, I have tremendous empathy for that, but that's a different situation that people find themselves in. I do think you avoid those situations by being the type of agency who says, hey, we've got a big increase coming. We want you to have as much advance notice as possible. And we have gone out to everyone that we know possible which in this case you haven't so I would go ahead and do that and then have that conversation with them so they have that notice I think they will respect it and yes if they do shop you you kind of deserve it because you drop the ball that's the stuff I sell against all day long now as far as the conversation with the insured even if you're brand new and let's assume the producer is not involved and it's a house account I'm always an advocate, and I think Jordan has actually been the one who's pushed me more towards this over the years. If you know me, you know I do not like the confrontation. That is not my favorite thing in the world. But people appreciate the sincere apology and the direct approach much more than excuses, much more than passing the buck. So if I'm you, regardless of whose responsibility it was, it was your organization's fault. And it is very simple and straightforward for you to communicate to the insured. I am sorry, we as an organization could not deliver to you a renewal with a less punitive price at this time. And if for some reason you find that you're blocked at the market or you, you get beat, I would own it. Your management, if they are worth anything, is going to respect the fact that you did not pass it off On the owner of the company you didn't pass it off to another account manager you said we as an organization messed up we are sorry we will endeavor not to have this happen again but I can recall a very specific situation I had a few years back where I had an account manager actually blame our certificate processing system for the delay in getting a cert issued and I overheard the conversation and immediately went over now the truth was She just didn't take the time to get that cert out. She had other things on her plate and didn't get it done even though it was a rush item. And I think it makes us as an organization look worse when we blame technology or otherwise. I think we own it, we move on from there. And sometimes we are gonna take a loss, but I would rather take a loss owning the mistake, owning the failure and being an organization that says, even when we have bad news and especially when we have bad news, we're gonna deliver it, with as much knowledge to you up front so that you as an organization can plan for said increase. And if your agency is doing the right thing, like in California, where we know everyone is taking increased rates over and over again on the commercial auto side, I know it impacts the rest of the country right now, but that is going to continue. There is no end in sight. So this is a every year conversation that you should be having throughout the course of the year. Even if they're performing well, you're going to let them know that, This is an adverse marketplace. So, those are my thoughts on that. I feel bad you're in this position. And yet, at the same time, I'd look at it as a challenge because if you can accept fault for the things that you didn't directly cause and have that type of conversation, I think it's going to grow your skills as far as conflict resolution. And also within the organization, I think it's going to help you out, especially with ownership, knowing that you didn't go and make excuses, you didn't throw your teammate under the bus, and you really took responsibility for where the organization fell short. Regardless, the client is going to respond how they are, and you're just going to have to adjust to that and deal with the consequences of not getting it out to the markets you said you would endeavor to when you wrote the account the first time. Jordan, thoughts, anything to add to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, this is just a, an aside, but if you're an agency owner and you're listening to this, when you guys do make mistakes, own them and write checks. If it's an E&O, then it's an E&O. But there have been times where we've just screwed up, we've done things, and we've missed a market, and we basically cost the insured a couple grand. We wrote a check in good faith, and it goes so far. They don't accept it a lot of times. Sometimes they do. But just being like, look, this is our bad. We screwed up. We're going to make it right to the best of our ability. And at least at the end of the day, you know, you have your integrity with that. So I think that's really important, even though it's just brutal to do sometimes. So I think that's all I got.
1: Awesome. Well, the only thing I do want to add is, uh, since I'm enjoying my Ultra if you do want to take the challenge and get, get me to try something else and you see me at any one of the events, uh, whether it be uh, agency management conference or association events, you are more than willing to uh, offer me a substitute drink and I will be forced to try it and, and probably enjoy the whole thing. But if you really want to get on my good side, just order me an Ultra
0: and I'd be uh, happy to enjoy it. Don't bring me an Ultra, please. Please don't bring me an Ultra. I'll buy you a drink. How about that? You come over to me, I'll buy you a drink. I think we'll, we'll close it out there. Thank you all for listening. I know this is uh, it's probably a little rough the first go around, but we are giving it our all, and hopefully we can bring you um, some quality answers to some of your questions that you guys keep throwing at us. But I think you guys should all have a wonderful day wherever you are, driving, listening, hanging out. Cheers.